show number 163 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Track. The Midwest Tour. The Midwest Tour is happening. It is so happening. I can't believe it. I know. I can't believe we're going to do this. It's so exciting. It is the most exciting thing ever. So here are the deets for people who want to know. It's happening in October. Um, We both are going to, of all places in the world, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota. (laughs) We're going to fly there. We are. We're going to fly to Minnesota, and then we're going to go to a bowling alley. (laughs) (laughs) And you might be wondering, why are we flying all the way to Minneapolis to go to a bowling alley? It probably has something to do with Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners to our show may remember that in past episodes, we talked about a performance at the Minneapolis Fringe that was called The Complete Works of William Shatner, Abridged and said it sounded really interesting, and it turns out that they're doing a performance of it at a bowling alley in Minneapolis. And it got good comments in the fringe. Mm-hmm. So, um, and obviously there's some sort of demand for it if they said, hey, we can, you know, take this somewhere like a bowling alley, which I think is great. I just love, you know, venues that aren't really theater, and I'm wondering, will we have to rent bowling shoes? Yeah. And, you know? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what it's going to be like? I, I hope it's kind of an old style bowling alley, you know, and maybe we'll get um, maybe we'll get flaming drinks. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that could happen. You can always get drinks at the bowling alley. Maybe the whole thing takes place in the bar of the bowling alley and there will be bowling going on in the background. Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> so we're going. We're do- We're totally doing this. Yes. Um, and as a, an extra added bonus, um, we've been in touch with the people who are responsible for this piece of entertainment, and it looks like we're going to be able to interview them. Oh, good, because I, I, I had tried and got no response, so then you tried, so update me on that. Uh, I it sent a Twitter message to Tim Wick, who is one of the creators um, of the show, and he said, yeah, that sounds like we could do something. So he and I are, are going to uh, exchange our information on email and set something up, and hopefully we'll be able to talk with him and or the people who are actually performing in the show. So Great. that should be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. Me too. Um, And then from there, we're going to fly back to Chicago, and we're going to hang out in Chicago for the rest of the weekend, and we're going to watch Star Trek and William Shatner and podcast. We're just going to podcast like mad people, and it's going to be awesome. Yes, so you want to get your requests in if there's a bill, uh, a thing, you know, video, show, movie, whatever you want us to review, or a specific Star Trek episode that um, we should take a look at. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Be thinking about that and let us know. Yep. It's going to be so much fun. I can't believe we're actually going to Minneapolis. That, <laughs> I know. It is just great. <laughs> I'm so excited about this, and it's so cheap. We, When we fly from Minneapolis to Chicago, we are going to be on apparently the world's cheapest and shittiest airline, <laughs> um, Spirit Air. Yes. And I went and did a little research, and absolutely no one has anything good to say about them. The planes are dirty. The seats are small. There's even less leg room than normal. You pay for everything. You pay to bring on a carry-on. You pay if you want a soda. And um, 
but it's only like an hour and a half flight. So mm-hmm. and I think th- it'll be like uh, being on a really crappy flying Greyhound bus. Yeah, and, and it's $36 flight, <laughs> which is ridiculous. And maybe when we're done, we'll go, fuck, that was overpriced. Yeah, we might. We might do that. So, yeah, this is this is the cheapest tour ever of the Midwest because... <laughs> We're using um, miles to fly, and then we're flying on, as you said, the shittiest airline in the world. We're taking public transportation to and from the airport in Chicago. So it's it's all being done on a shoestring, and we're proud of that. Yes, we're very proud of that. And, you know, if it turns out to be cheap enough, maybe we can, you know, get jackets of, you know, the Buck Girls (laughs) Midwest Tour 2012. And then we list the two cities. Cities, right. Chicago. <laughs> oh, it is going to be so awesome. So or we can say it's coast to coast, from the coast of Lake Michigan to the coast of the Mississippi River. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so if there's anybody out there in Minneapolis. Or St. Paul. All Saint, or St. Paul who wants to um, come say hi, come to the show. Come to see the complete works of William Shatner, abridged. Yes. we'll be there. We are so going to be there. Oh, we're jazzed. October 19th. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's the big news. That's what's happening. Yes. And we're, we're very, very, very excited about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Why don't, we, why don't we do some of the fan mail that we got? Because we did make a, a fairly um, selfish plea last time for people to send us mail. And, and they responded. People responded. It was so awesome. Um, yes. Um, so let's see. This first one, and I've I've been really bad and haven't had a chance to view, to view these links. It came from Captain Toy. Um, it said, "I hope that next year either you guys or me will be able to go see Trek in the Park, especially since you said that next year is its final year. I hope that they decide to continue it, but that is up to them. Still, it's cool that they did it in the first place." Mm-hmm. Um, and then. She goes on that she went and searched and found on YouTube videos from Trek in the Park. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, I need to, to look at those so we can review them. But that, that's really super, super good, good homework. Um, I, I wish that there would be a video of the one with the dog that wandered onto the stage. Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> there is. And... Um, she, you know, she also included a, a, a couple others, and again, I'm not sure if these are from Trek in the Park or something else, because one is like the fight scene from a muck time, and it might be, you know, that they did a muck time as as one of their episodes. So, really, really, really good work. Um, in addition to that, she sent us a second email, but she, and uh, she plans to read Red Shirts again. Mm-hmm. And she has been searching all over Etsy, thanks to us, <laughs> to to find the, the crap that's there. And she sent us a bunch of links. And uh, some of it is like crossover or mashup of the Trek fandom and the furry fandom. Oh, that's a little scary. Okay. Yes. And uh, so there's some Star Trek panties. Did okay. you go look at these? No, no. Um, well, let me let me get the. They're they're actually kind of cool. They're bikini panties, uh-huh. and one pair is is gray, and on the front it says "Live long and prosper." <laughs> okay. One pair is white, so it's tidy whitey bikinis with the uh, 
chevron emblem of, of Starfleet or the Enterprise on it. And the other one is uh, black with the gold letters Star Trek in, of course, the original TOS font. Oh, I like that. That would be cool. Yes, and it says... Um, this adorable panty set will keep you smiling every time you wear them. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Oh, pic- here it is. Pictured are the thong set. I can also do boy, sh- boy shorts, but the image would be off to the side instead of direct center. Mm-hmm. I may also be able to accommodate bikinis, but it's dependent on size, and I have a limited quantity. Oh. Comes See, in SML and XL. You could pair them up with the the Star Trek bras that we talked about last time. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, and just be trekked out, you know, underneath. And that might be fun to wear, going to work or on a date or wa- <laughs> whatever, you know. Like, you know, some women wear like really sexy underwear at work because it, you know, reminds them that there's more to life than this crappy job. Mm-hmm. So that might be fun. Yeah. And then there is also this, which I don't even understand. (laughs) Okay. It's Captain Kitty. So it's Hello Kitty meets Star Trek magnetic bookmark. And it's, it's a picture. I don't see how this works. I mean, a magnetic bookmark. Books aren't magnetic. Maybe it's maybe it folds over well, and it has magnets on either side, so it sort of holds a page in between the two pieces. Maybe? I don't know. It looks kind of like a belt. It says, um, "I designed my magnetic bookmarks to stay on your book and in your book until you finish reading. The bookmark attaches to your book's cover so that it never leaves the book. Plus, my magnetic bookmarks just stick to your fridge when you're in between books." Or just want to switch bookmark colors. They come in all sorts of colors. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Handmade to order by my very own hands. (laughs) Well, that's good. At least it's not someone else's hands. Really? That would would be weird. And it says 100% cotton fabric with quality sewn seams. No fraying. Magnet inside connected to a 12-inch gross grain ribbon with a gold ring. Cotton fabric measures cotton fabric square measures roughly one and a half inches square machine wash in a net bag or wash by hand but i just do not understand how this works that sounds like the kind of thing where you'd have to have someone show you how it works before you actually actually handle it well yeah that that too yeah it's like there's no way that you could ever explain to someone how to tie a shoelace Mm-hmm. You know, like with words, you just couldn't do it. You have to actually show them or put their hands on the laces to get them to do it. And then there's some really creepy Spock fan art. And there's one of Spock holding a baby Spock who oh, actually looks like he's, I don't know, six, seven, eight years old, but he's got a binky. Uh. And... The thing is, did you see, this was in the news maybe 10 days ago, that some woman decided she was going to touch up this priceless piece of art and really fucked up the face? Yep, yeah, that was all over the internet. Okay, that's what Spock looks like. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. That's really unfortunate. Yes, yes. So that's that's pretty horrible. Uh, let's, Let's see. 
there's also one where that same picture has been sort of cut and cut up and pasted back together so it's cubist. <laughs> I think I might like that better actually. <laughs> well, to each their own. Yeah. Then there's a picture of a uh <laughs> this one is also so bizarre. It is the 12 or so Spocks as a soccer team. Oh, I have seen that one, yes. <laughs> and the thing is, they all have the exact same face. Yes, I know. I have seen it. I actually think that's pretty funny. There's something about that that I find very amusing. It is. It is funny. So, Oh, wait, there's more. I'm sorry, it finished loading finally, and there's more like 15 or 20 guys. Oh. <laughs> you know, the front row has a soccer ball. Uh-huh. And it's just, oh, dear. That is great. Well, we, we do have more Etsy to talk about when we get to the official Etsy segment. Okay, let me, let me see if there's anything else in this email, uh, okay, that we need to, to talk about. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. We love it. And and I have to say, the whole Etsy thing, uh, I'm getting a little obsessed with it, and I'm glad other people are, too, because yes. it's incredibly amusing to me. And the stuff that we have to talk about today, there are a couple things in there that just made me scratch my head and, and go, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, this one, this next one is from Cheryl. And if you remember, I believe Cheryl is the listener who became our roving reporter and actually went to Riverside. Of course, of course, yes. So she's reporting in with homework. Said, I heard your plea for email, so hi. (laughs) I'm still listening after all these years. I think I joined the peanut gallery when Blogger pimped you back in the day. In fact, now this is where she really gets the bonus points. I have been re-listening to the old podcasts from the beginning between new episodes. I'm up to episode 95. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Yes. Now, here she has a request, and this is one that we would be glad to fill. The main reason I started re-listening was to see if you ever told about your encounters with Gary Lockwood. (laughs) I think I have the gist of it from your offhand comments, but maybe you could tell that story one more, excuse me, one more time. Um, she also would like us to do a review of Mirror Mirror and points out to us that in Trek Shopping News, the complete comics collection mentioned in episode 94 is still available on Amazon at the bargain price of $15.09. You could have Spock Psychophile at your fingertips at all times. And her last paragraph is just a killer. Lately, my husband and I have been watching Star Trek episodes on MeTV. I try not to, epi- to aggravate him with EVE talk, but he's become accustomed to me pointing out Kirk Light and greeting the entrance of every female character with, he did her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly the kind of commentary you should have for you Star should, Trek episodes. You absolutely should have. So, um, shall we tell our, our Gary Lockwood stories? Okay, we can we can do it quickly. And I, I feel like we have, but maybe we never did. Maybe never know. haven't told him in full, or you know, they're worth repeating. Yeah. Um, well, I will I will quickly tell of my solo encounter. Yeah, because you met him first, right? Um, I went to what is the big fan con, the fan run con, Shore Leave. Shore Leave, yeah. Okay, the year I went to Shore Leave, he was there, <laughs> and the the. Uh, the first thing he did was he was a speaker. 
And so he got up there, you know, and just sort of overwhelmed everyone with his Lockwood arrogance and, you know, what the fuck is going on in this. And finally he said, so I don't really want to talk. You guys have questions. Ask me questions. And there was this dead silence because everyone's freaking out. And uh, he, he, uh, he pointed right at a friend of mine and said, you look like you have a question. <laughs> and that she question said, being, why are you so weird? <laughs> she said, do you play poker? <laughs> and he went into the longest story about how he was the best poker player in the world. And he wins at the toughest kind of poker, which is cowboy poker. And, you know, just rambled on and on. Well, at the time, I was working on a fanfic that had to do with poker. So... The next day, I saw him at his autograph table, and I went, and I, again, he's so bizarre. I got him to autograph the zine that has my story, Golden Boy, in it, but then he wanted to show me how cool his signature looks when he writes with the gold pen, so I also got a color picture of him, an 8 by 10 uh, sort of uh, publicity shot for 2001 Space Odyssey, in which, you know, he's written with the gold pen, so I could see how cool that was. Well, I made the mistake of asking him about poker. Oh, my God. I don't think I got away from him for at least an hour. And I found out later that everyone has this experience. If you talk to Lockwood, you have just signed away your afternoon. Mm-hmm. And it was all poker, 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 poker. You know, we talked about nothing else. But, you know, it was weird and entertaining to 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 talk to such a a, a strange person. <laughs> and so that was my first encounter with Gary Lockwood. Now, I want you to tell about when we met him together. So it was when you and me and Junk went up to the con in Sacramento. Um, and he was there. And that was, I think, one of the reasons why we wanted to go was because we knew he was going to be there. Um, and this also, I, if I am not mistaken, was the con where we were watching Walter Koenig talking and yelling, we love you, Davey. That was the one, okay, yes. Okay, so that all happened at the same time. Um, so we were being a little a bit... It was a memorable con in it, so many ways. It was. And we that's were the one where bit, our room party got written up in the paper. That's right. <laughs> um, so he was there, and, and you know, given that I have this little Mitchell fetish, um, I was kind of nervous about meeting him, but he was not talking, right? He didn't give a, a official presentation. He was just sitting at his table signing autographs. And so we all three wandered over, and uh, he was talking to someone endlessly. So we waited until he was done, and he has a book. And I felt like, okay, we should buy the book just so we can have the book. So I got the book, and um, I wanted – I actually did have a question for him, which was, why isn't there – uh, action figure of Gary Mitchell because there's an action figure for every other character ever in Star Trek. Yes. You know, there's there's action figures of like Mr. Leslie, you know, because <laughs> every character has to be made into an action figure. So he he kind of looked at me like, oh, that's an interesting question. And, and he told us it was because um, they aren't allowed to use the actor's likenesses unless they're compensated and they were going to give him some stupid 
small amount of money like $5,000 and he refused to agree to it. So no Mitchell care. No Mitchell action figure ever unless they give him more money. Right. And he, he, the way he tells it, they thought he should be happy and flattered that they were going to make an action figure. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but not him. Not, not Gary. Gary. And he doesn't because... give a shit who knows it. Exactly. <laughs> So then, I, I think he was sort of flattered by the fact that the three of us, you know, these um, very nice-looking women were standing there talking to him, and then he just started talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And at one point, I got tired of standing, so I sat down next to him, um, and then he put his hand on my knee, which was really weird. I think he wanted you to sit on his lap. I think he did, too. Um, and man, he just wouldn't shut up. Now, the best part about it, though, was that Junk was there. And Junk is a wonderful conversationalist who will say things that you will never expect another human being to say in a conversation. And so when he was going on and on about all the things that he's good at, because as you were just saying, you know, he's done everything and he's better at everything than any other person alive has done. And he was talking about how he had designed furniture and he designed houses and he built bamboo furniture and he was an expert poker player and he was a pilot and, and a chef and a chef and he'd slept with all these women and blah, 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 blah. And, and he also said he was a renaissance man. <laughs> That's right. In case you didn't get that part of it. And when in he stopped, it wasn't obvious. When he stopped to take a breath, Junk said, can you juggle? (laughs) (laughs) And he kind of stopped short. I know. And I think that's probably the first time in his life when somebody actually shut him up with with them outstranging him. It was the funniest thing ever, and we I just remember struggling not to laugh and just thinking that was the perfect thing to say. Oh, my goodness. So I think um, we finally escaped him, although did he invite us to, like, have a drink with him or something later? Am I don't I remember, remember that, that, but I remember, like, every fourth sentence out of his mouth was, and I don't give a shit who knows it. <laughs> and then it turned out later when I read his book, that's actually in the book. Over and over. Over and over, that particular phrase. Yes. Too funny. So that's, that is, that's Gary Lockwood. That's what he's like all the time. Yep. (laughs) And I think the only thing that could be stranger would be having a face-to-face chat with Crazy Pike. Mm Mm-hmm. Was that the con where we saw Crazy Pike, too? No, I think that was a different con. Oh, okay. Because he was up on stage. He was part of a panel about something, and that's when we found out that he was really crazy. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And he is known as Crazy Pike in my household also. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. Well, remember, we were watching some episode where he had another role. That's right. A small role. He's like at navigation. And when they sort of panned the bridge, you went, it's Crazy Pike. And I instantly knew who you meant and who to look at. And you were right. It was him. Crazy, crazy Pike. Oh, there is just so much fun to be had at cons. It is. So that's the Gary Lockwood story. And if any of you have a Gary Lockwood story, (laughs) it'll probably be a lot like ours. Um, Yes. Feel free to share it with us. I was just thinking, now, didn't somebody else that we knew or met at a con tell us that they actually did go to a bar where he was and it was the same situation where he just talked and talked and talked and wouldn't let them escape? 
I have heard that, in, not necessarily in a bar, but that apparently is the experience of everyone who makes the mistake of going up to him and saying hello. Yeah, yeah. Or that's even all you makes eye contact. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so there we go. So that that's the story. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's see what else came came out of fan mail. Oh, here was a request, and I don't know if we've we've had any um, chance to follow up on this or not. This came from Chris Mounts, who is in Waukesha, Wisconsin, birthplace of the electric guitar and SpaghettiOs. <laughs> I like that kind of detail. I like that sig. Um, says, Lane and Kitty, I found you through Lena's old podcast, I Read Comics. He proposes a crossover with the two true freaks, Chris Honeywell and Scott Gardner. Never heard of those guys. But he goes on to say, the boys are classic Trek and next-gen fans, but aren't so keen on the new Trek. Okay, they're scoring points already. (laughs) Would love to see a team-up on favorite episodes of classic Trek or best Kirk moments. Or perhaps a commentary on Star Trek VI or maybe the new scare quotes, improved Star Trek film. So that's from uh, Chris, and I believe you were going to try to find these two people? Yes, well, I I see their website, and Uh um, I think it would be very easy to get in contact with them, so yeah, we can definitely try to do that. I don't know who they are, but um, it looks like they're into all the right kinds of stuff. That's right. So I think that's the fan mail that came um, into the email account. Okay, cool. I think there might have also been some things posted on our Facebook. Oh, so good. let me go over there and take, oh, I do want to talk about a couple things. I, in the past couple of days have posted a couple pictures. Oh yes. I was looking at the pictures. <laughs> well, the one I posted two, three days ago of charm and hotness Oh, love that picture. That just, you know, jumps off the page, just blows you away. Oh, it's so nice. That has gotten the most views of any post we've ever put up. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. And I like the fact that it's in black and white. Oh, yes. You I think know? black and white is just so, I don't know, intriguing and, and sexy and wonderful. It is. And it, it really suits him, and it's it's got black and white Kirk lightishness in it, which is really good. Yes, yes, and his eyes just oh. Yep, he looks great. He's it's amazing. Just a beautiful shot. Yep. Another uh, picture I posted that I find disturbing <laughs> is this one of a. They say it's a bust. Yeah. Of him, well, you know, a bust is like shoulders mm-hmm. and this is sort of like from hips on up so it kind of looks like marjorie mated with a, a weeble <laughs> it's ugly and it it's doesn't even, horrible it they doesn't look look like, like the standees on makes it look like the bottom half of his body first of all <laughs> is like only a third as long as it should be and that it's fins and it doesn't even look like bill no i mean that's the other thing and, and plus he looks really pissed off like, like really well wouldn't you be if both your legs had been amputated <laughs> for the sake of art this is true uh, it's it's very very ugly but uh, i mean they're just continuing to churn out the trek crap you know oh, who yes. buys this stuff yes Ugh. yeah 
Um, I liked the thing that you posted today a lot better. The joke? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was wonderful. And we won't, let's not give it away. You have to go look at the, look at his butt on Facebook. Yes, it's a demotivational poster, and yes. it's, it's quite, quite amusing. <laughs> it actually isn't demotivational or motivational, but it's, you know, done in that style. It is, yeah. It's 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 a joke. It's just a funny, funny joke. Yes, and it's one of the uh, the better Trek-based jokes, I yes, think. Yes, I, I agree. I think even people who aren't into Trek could look at that and laugh, because mm-hmm. it is pretty funny. It's good. Um Well, I want to talk very briefly about um, Robert Burnett. Yes. Uh, Because uh, I now follow him on Twitter. I didn't realize he was on Twitter. And he is a pretty amusing person to follow on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter and you want to follow someone amusing, pick him. Um, I have a question. Yes. Because I, in Flipbook, that's how I follow Twitter. And Mm -hmm. I follow Bill and like a casting agency. (laughs) That's it. Uh And I wanted to follow him. And instead it set up a link to like his website or his blog. Oh, that's weird. Oh, so anyway, I guess I'll have to to work on that. Yeah, I think his Twitter handle is RM Burnett because his middle name is Meyer. Okay. Um, so, and for those of you who don't know or, or don't remember, he directed Free Enterprise. Yes. Uh, so he is a Star Trek freak of the first degree and is also <laughs> quite amusing. We saw him talk at a con in uh, San Francisco once and he was great. Yes. So um, he's been tweeting a lot about the stupid new movie. And I thought he had on Twitter some really important points to make. So I wanted to read them because there's one thing in here that I never thought about. Okay. That, uh, he's spot on so first he was ranting about the title so we should pause for a moment to tell people about the the now the title for the movie yes i Which, think we might have t- did we talk about that in the last show oh, that's or right is that because, just you and me uh maybe i don't remember i maybe we oh, haven't well. yet talked about it well it's going to be called star trek into darkness yes which is just such a bad title and everyone hates it everyone hates it it's, oh it's yes it's been ragged on right, left, and center. So Burnett says, do you know why Star Trek Into Darkness is really so offensive to me? Because the entire franchise is about humanity's enlightenment. Star Trek is about what's best in all of us, where we're going as a species, how we can overcome any adversity by coming together. The sentiment expressed by the title Star Trek Into Darkness is the exact opposite of the essence of the franchise. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's Star Trek fuck you. Yes, yes. He suggests um, there could be some rejected titles, Star Trek Into Bleakness, (laughs) Star Trek Into Nightness, (laughs) Um, Star Trek Into Theaters, (laughs) or this is my favorite one, Star Trek Is Just Not Into You. (laughs) Um, He actually retreated that. Retweeted that from someone named Alan Spencer. I thought those were really good. That's wonderful. Um, so uh, then he goes on a little bit further, and he says, um, I thought I was over the whole Star Trek Into Darkness meme. This was like two days later. He says, but I'm not. It's a movie title which symbolizes everything wrong with America. 
TOS has some of the best episode titles in the history of television. You'd think a movie title would at least step up and represent. The Wrath of Khan and The Undiscovered Country have scale, scope, and grandeur. A promise. They promise an audience some kind of experience. Yes. And when Star Trek The Motion Picture came out, it stepped up and said, that's right, bitches, a Star Trek movie in fucking movie theaters. You will bow. <laughs> He adds, I was 11 when I heard they added the motion picture to the Star Trek title. I remember telling my mom, it's a fucking Star Trek movie. Do you know what my mom said to me yesterday when I told her the new film was called Star Trek Into Darkness? My mom paused and said, and? <laughs> mom continued saying, did someone turn the lights off? Isn't space already dark? That doesn't tell me anything. I liked the whale one. <laughs> well... There is one possible bright side to Star Trek Into Darkness. Perhaps there will not be lens flare. Oh, that would be brilliant. Maybe that's what it means. Yeah. Oh, okay, one, one further point, and this I thought was really good. Um, he says, I think the thing I hated most about the other Trek movie, Trek 09, um, it's this. Within the Trek universe, right, Chekhov is simply Russian. He doesn't have a bad accent. But Abrams and company cast a real Russian actor to play Chekhov, saddling him with a stupid groan-inducing accent to make a fourth-wall-breaking joke. The, mm -hmm. the bridge crew doesn't think worst accent I've ever heard. They just know he's Russian, period. So in the latest Trek film, film they broke the fourth wall to make a wink-wink joke at the audience as the ship's computer can't understand his accent. Ha, 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 right? ha. Star Trek Into Darkness is a movie title that breaks the fourth wall. If someone yells Khan at some point during the film, I'm out. Yeah. So I hadn't really thought about the Chekhov thing. Like, it bothered me when we were watching it as many times as we've seen that stupid film. But I hadn't really thought of it in terms of it breaking the fourth wall. But mm -hmm. it does. It absolutely does. It it takes Chekhov's character from being a character who happens to be Russian to being a joke about his accent in the original series. Mm-hmm. Well, and they, they made a lot of things into jokes um, that that don't don't uh sync with the original series such as scotty being a joke yeah scotty has f some fun moments in tos but he is deadly serious mm -hmm. about his work and and almost obsessed i mean he spends his off time reading technical manuals mm -hmm. and that's kind of a joke but that also tells us a lot about scotty and to make him this sort of i don't know light-hearted ha 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 you know Jolly old Scottish sort of guy is just ridiculous. I mean, he's he's kind of like a leprechaun. Yeah, yeah. And then they make a, a they really do make an a joke, a complete joke out of Kirk in all ways. Mm -hmm. Kirk's a lady, ladies man. <laughs> he can't even get laid. You know, yeah. Kirk is is smart and courageous. No, no, he needs to be rescued by Spock. It's it's like it's this horrible means joke on all of Star Trek fans. It's, it is. You know, it's like a bunch of people when they get together in Carrie and elect her prom queen right. just yeah. so they can be cruel to her. Yeah, it's That's exactly. what that movie feels like. I, I completely agree. And, you know, it, just try to imagine those characters that they introduced in that Star Trek movie in the same situations that we saw 
our Star Trek characters in the subsequent movies. Like, can you imagine them? I mean, can you imagine Scotty's nephew getting killed? Right? Would, right. Would that, would that work with Simon Pegg playing Scotty? Well, it, here's it doesn't the work. thing. The characters in TOS were real people. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was not a shock or inappropriate for them to come back 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, and have aged and matured. These guys are, they are our man boys, just like every character in the, the, the Will Ferrell and Judd Apatow movies. Yeah. Yep. They will never mature. So what can we expect to see in the new movie is just more of the same in the one that they did three years ago. Yes. I don't see there being any, any, progression and that's one thing the TOS movies have mm-hmm. is there is a definite arc and a progression from movie to movie of not just time passing but characters changing in believable ways because time has passed mm-hmm. yep and that's why the new movie's going to suck yep <sighs> well I'm, I'm glad to hear it from somebody like Burnett who is yeah not only a huge Star Trek geek, but also a filmmaker and mm-hmm. understands all this from a more professional point of view, you know, not just mm-hmm. from a fanboy point of view, because, you know, you and I can rant and rave about this stuff as as we often do for hours at a time. But to hear it from somebody who makes movies for a living, I think, gives it a, a, whole, a whole different um, perspective. Yes. And, yes, and indeed. More, well, more knowledge. In a way, it's the perfect movie for our age, Star Trek Into Darkness, because it is to real Star Trek what that weird flavored oil that they put on popcorn is to real butter. (laughs) That's true. That's a great analogy. Did you just think of that right now? Yes, I just did. Brilliant. I love it. Thank you. That's great. All right. Well, on that note, on the odd, oily flavored substance <laughs> that they put on popcorn, let's take a little break. Okay. Um, then we're going to come back. We have more Etsy to talk about, and then we've got a whole bunch of links to, to talk about because Bill is in the news, other stuff is in the news, and we need to talk about it. Of course we do. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Got a question, comment, or suggestion? Email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and comments at lookathisbutt at blogspot.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. We're back. We're back, and I have to say something. Say it. I hope when I die, mm-hmm. I am not kirked. <laughs> that is a, an expression I ran across. I came up with my own definition, but it fits the story it went with. Mm-hmm. The tagline was kirked, like kirk in the past tense. Yep. And it's a quote from Malcolm McDowell. Mm-hmm who played Soran in Star Trek Generations. And he says, poor old Captain Kirk, he said in a telephone interview with 
from California with the Canadian press. It was sad, really. Honestly, the producers should have given him a much better send-off than they did. Mm-hmm. And and that is very true. And I was thinking, Kirked. Yeah, that's that's the new expression that should go into Urban Dictionary, and it should be that you, that you are killed in a way that is totally inappropriate and insulting to who you are. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like that definition. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to mention that th- there was a, a con in Montreal t- this past weekend. Yes. And Bill was there and Patrick Stewart was there and Malcolm McDowell was there. And there were some nice pictures. Bill was wearing a hideous shirt, of course. <laughs> well, um, of course. But he, the three of them were standing on stage and there was one picture where um, Bill was laughing and, and McDowell was saying something and Patrick Stewart was just standing there with sort of his, his chin in his hand looking at Bill like I can't believe he just said that he just (laughs) has this look on his face like what are we going to do with William Shatner (laughs) well there was just a little blurb in the Shatner news today but it appeared several times Um, apparently they interviewed Patrick Stewart who mentioned he was going to have dinner with William Shatner Mm -hmm. and he said Bill is eccentric and of course, both or the, the you know the several blurbs that reported it said, really or like that needed to be pointed out because we're all aware of the billness of Bill. It's so funny. Um, Patrick Stewart moved to the United States. Did you know that he lives in Brooklyn now? Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe he's doing something over here. But he's uh, he's on Twitter and um, he tweeted something about trying to get his cable set up with Time Warner Cable. And he said, after 36 hours of this, I've lost the will to live. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Bill's new project. Yes. And that is that he is enjoying making documentaries so much. That he's going to make one about Xena. Isn't that exciting? I the think that's Xena so cool. fandom. Yeah. And he said, um, I, I've got a couple of documentaries in the pipeline. For example, I went to a Xena convention. <laughs> really? Who goes to a Xena convention? <laughs> people in need. People who are so in need that they cling to each other because of the mutuality of what they are. It is a love fest. It is an embracing of like-minded people. That's what I discovered. I'm editing it right now, and it is a fascinating documentary. Well, apparently the Xena people, Xena fans, were very ex- upset by him you know, saying how, how needy they are. But uh, So that's what Bill's working on now. Well... I could see, you know, it's funny that he says that because a Xena convention is basically the same thing as a Star Trek convention, right? It's just yes. centered around a different show. So I think it really depends on your perspective. You know, mm-hmm. when it's your show, it's people who are fans. And when it's somebody else's show, it's people who are needy. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you seen his Get a Life yet? No, I still haven't seen it. Um, he has something interesting to say. I really want to see it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find the quote. Here it is. Instead of coming to see the actors, which all the actors thought they were doing, they are there to see each other. They were coming to renew old friendships. Okay, well, that's an interesting conclusion. And that was the conclusion of the book. He's talking about the book he wrote a few years ago, Get a Life. When I decided to try again, maybe by the the dent of being older or by luck, I came across other answers as to why people dress up and come to conventions and why they are the potential sources of jeering. The conclusion that I come to in the documentary, the conclusions, 
are cultural, sociological, and are on a far deeper basis than the fun they are having in dressing up or by putting on a Klingon omelette. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm interested to see what is his deeper conclusion. Um... I don't know what his deeper conclusion could be that other people haven't already come to. Yeah, but it, part of what Bill says that somewhere in this interview is making a documentary for him is a journey of discovery. Of dis- yeah. He has a topic he's interested in. He somehow gets funding and goes on this journey of discovery and learns things and then tries to find where is the story in this for the film and that he is taking the viewer along to make these discoveries as he does. So to Bill, it makes no difference if everybody else has discovered that. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, so, yes, I want to see I want to see Get Alive, too. I just haven't had time to sit down and watch it. Um, Epix is still having that two-week free trial thing. Oh, are so they? I think they are, yeah. So um, you can do it and watch it for free. Um, the thing that I thought was really interesting on the, the link that you sent for this interview was right at the end, the interviewer says... Are we ever going to see a director's <laughs> cut of Star Trek V? And Bill says, I would love to do that. I approached that subject years ago, and they laughed me out of the office. So, I don't know. Could yep. still happen. Could still yeah, happen. I think they'll still laugh. <laughs> <laughs> now, here is a, a website called, okay, it's like Canada, but it's got an IC in it. So, is it Connecticut? Uh, Connecticut. Canadica, maybe, and it's talking about Canada and Canadians, Canadicans, (laughs) and it's Canada, the fifth whitest country, whatever that means, (laughs) and it goes on and talks about a bunch of things, and then, of course, it finally, famous Canadicans, and then it it tells us that Alex Trebek is (laughs) Mexican-Canadian, and there is a picture of him. And if it's real, it's from that same shoot where we get the the picture of Bill where I'm sure he's naked. Uh-huh, yeah. Except it's shoulders up. But the Alex Trebek one looks photoshopped. It does look photoshopped. Now, you should mention that it's all crap. I mean, the stuff that's written here is really oh, yes. funny. It's hilarious. Like... The, the well-known Alex Trebek was actually born Alejandro Tebequecito in the Mexican <laughs> province of Oaxaca. <laughs> While in Oaxaca, Alejandro became a local celebrity hosting a game show called Jeopardismo. <laughs> and he, he, as Alejandro tells it, the Bandejo Television Com- Compañía was paying me bullshit. <laughs> he left in a hang glider for the blue skies of Canada. <laughs> Now, here's what it has to say about Bill. <laughs> First Nations person, comma, William Shatner. Okay, here in the U.S. of A., we call them Native Americans or Indians. But in Canada, where they give a small degree of caca about the feelings of others, they call them First Nations people. As in, oh, sorry, you were here first. We get it now. <laughs> And the first of the First Nations people was the kin of William Shatner. That's right. The Shatner clan were the original settlers of Canada. They were Canada's forefathers and founders, and they've been trying to get back there ever since through unbeatable Priceline prices. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Oh, that's very funny. I like that. And, you know... 
the great picture of Bill being the Priceline negotiator. Yes, yes. Really good. So that that was entertaining. Um, here on something called Toro Magazine, which I thought was a bullfighting magazine, um, I figured <laughs> out, no, no, it has to do with Toronto. And they had, that's where they have the gorgeous picture that got us more hits. Oh, yes. From 1968 of mm-hmm. William Shatner. And then it just gives us a, a, a little paragraph saying he's best known for playing James T. Kirk, blah, 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 over and out. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Oh, it is just so gorgeous. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad, you know, I saved it and, and put it up there on our Look at His Butt blog because yeah. it's so wonderful. Um, something I lost the link on, but I want to yeah. point out to our listeners. It was something for sale, and I can't remember if it was eBay or whatever. But it was a picture of Kirk and oh, what's that stupid machine called that was that thought Kirk was its father? Nomad. Nomad. Picture of Kirk and Nomad mm-hmm. with Kirk looking at Nomad. And it's a color photo and it's framed and they wanted like $45 for it or something. And my comment and my first thought was the only way I would pay that kind of money for this picture, because I hate the Nomad episode anyway, was if it was autographed by William Shatner and it said, I did her, my best (laughs) bill. That would make it worth it. Wouldn't it be great to get him to write that on a picture? (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be awesome. Well, if I ever pony up for his autograph again, I want my best bill. Yes. Uh, yes, I think so. Or even MBB would be good, too. No, I want my best bill. Oh. He can write it out. <laughs> um, if I'm paying 50, 60, whatever bucks for it, he can write it out. <laughs> you know, um, speaking of Nomad, close to it, uh, the Ultimate Computer episode was on this past weekend. Yes, I watched and, it. Oh, so good. Man, that's a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the few episodes where we get to see Captain Kirk um, being impotent, and I don't mean that in a sexual sense, but um, feeling completely helpless, like he can't do anything because yes. he's not in control of his ship. And mm-hmm. he's and like having freak- self-doubt. He's freaking out. He really yes. freaks out. And he's having so much self-doubt. I mean, I think as any good leader, he appears confident, but... You know, there have got to be times when he examines what he's doing and is going, is it the right thing? And we do see hints of that. But this is one where it's driving him so crazy, he actually goes to McCoy for advice and counseling. Yep. So, boy, that's a good episode. And it was cool to see it. And it looked really good with the restoration because all Mm -hmm. of the different um, starships were all new and shiny looking. So the special effects were really, really good. So just wanted to mention that. Okay, so let's talk about what's going over going on over at WilliamShatner.com. Yes, please. I, you know way more about this because and you're, I'm you're thoroughly there. confused by it anyway. <laughs> but here it is on the Shatner WilliamShatner.com. There are two bulletin boards. One is just the Shatner BBS. Anybody can post there. They almost never talk about Bill. It's always politics, or they're fighting with each other, or their personal stuff. You know, I almost never, ever, ever read what's going on on that side. The other side is the Captain's Club, and that is for fan club members only. And so, I mean, even though there is some personal interaction, you know, some of these people have been going to the Shatner Weekends for Mm -hmm. so many years. They really know each other and are friends. So there is a certain amount of personal stuff, but I don't know. In the several years I've been reading it, I've never seen a fight. 
you know, it, because it, it's, it, I don't believe there are any rules enforcing it, but it pretty much sticks to the topics of Bill and Star Trek and his mm-hmm. charities and the Shatner weekend. So recently, Paul, the admin of the site, posted something on the other board, which is the main one, the one anybody can go to, which I would not have known at all if somebody hadn't sort of cross-posted. Sandy, I believe, one of the people who run the fan club, about Paul had this post over on the main board saying that Bill has decided to, to move away from the BBS and use Twitter and Facebook because, you know, he can reach so many more people. And honestly, I think it's been three years or more since he posted to the BBS. Mm-hmm. And so people were upset, and what is going to happen? And Paul was experimenting with turning the main BBS into a Facebook thing. And it's up to, this is how I understand it, and what Paul told me when I said, I'm confused. Uh, it's up to Jane and Sandy what happens to the the captain's club. Mm-hmm. And Paul set up a a test Facebook page that Jane and Sandy are in charge of to see how that goes. Well, from what I've seen over there, there's no action at all, or very little. Mm-hmm. And part of what I don't like about it is Faceline, or Faceline, <laughs> Facebook is even more than it used to be timeline-based. So... It's, it's, you know, what always comes up is the latest thing. Well, that's sort of true on the BBS, but all the comments to that are one in one topic. So you can really follow a thread if you want to read through the whole thing or you're very interested in just, you know, this one conversation that's going on. And that this, Facebook just does not have that feeling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at all. And the last I heard is Jane and Sandy are having second thoughts and would like it to stay uh, a BBS, a, you know, a bulletin board of some t- some kind, which I think suits the Captain's Club really well. They they use the the current BBS extensively in planning the Shatner weekend and getting the word out to people about that. So, but apparently on the uh, the other one, the 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 freebie one that you don't have to be a fan club member for, Paul says Bill has posted there. And a number of people have said that. And I went and, and looked at it, and I went, I am not wading through all these crap posts, you know, to see what, what Bill has posted. Yeah. So that's that's what's going on. And like I said, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I do follow Bill on Twitter. Um, he's got his own Facebook page, and this is different but, you know, the trouble with his Facebook page is he's already hit the limit on the number of friends he can have. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so then I ran across this, and it is on the, the Trek BBS, which I hardly ever read, mm-hmm. <laughs> among the many BBSs mm-hmm. I don't follow. But um, this is from someone who I don't know who they, they really are. Their name here is Isarian. And I don't know who they were on the Trek BBS. Yeah, so that was what I was going to ask you, is if you knew this person from the Shatner boards or from any other place. Um, I probably have encountered him or her, but from what this person says, I don't believe they are a member of Captain's Club. Okay. Like I said, I hardly ever read the other side. And certainly from what he says, I know, I'm assuming it's a guy for some reason, (laughs) that he was one of the people who... It upset people and, and 
got kicked off, and there are n- numerous people who got kicked off and are allowed to come back on a trial basis, blah, blah, blah. But um, his topic is, I survived PMing William <laughs> Shatner. And here's what he says. Mr. Shatner is currently engaged in his one-man show, Shatner's World, which we all know. His website, WilliamShatner.com, has been languishing for quite some time due to chronic inactivity. Well, only if you're looking at it from, does Bill do anything? But anyway, the same members kept posting loyally, but apathy still set in. It couldn't have hurt if Mr. Shatner had been willing to post there a little bit more often, but he didn't. Oh, I want to point out one other thing. Some members of the fan club were very insulted that the reason Bill is abandoning the BBS is, is to meet, is to connect with more people. And they felt like this, this loyal small base that's there and on the other one should be plenty. Anyway, some people, anyway, um, I myself was booted from the Shatner forums over a year ago for trashing J.J. Abrams' Star Trek film. I'm not going to dig back through the forum to find out but I, I'm going, really? You know, if that was the reason he was booted? Usually the people who get booted are because they are really insulting to some other members. Mm-hmm. Okay, Shatner's webmaster is a good guy, if a bit too authoritarian. In the shadow of a fading website, Shatner's webmaster has created the official WilliamShatner.com group on Facebook, and that's what replaces the general BBS. Shatner's webmaster allowed me to join, and I was determined to prove his new faith in me would be (laughs) well-founded. William Shatner has been interacting frequently with the new FB members, and I figured a good time to catch him currently online would be the late-night hours. I had guessed right. Following my hunch several nights ago, I PM'd the great man himself, not really knowing he was online, but my short message was sent, but not with the desired result hoped for. Well, this is an interesting thing, too, because on the old BBS, Mm -hmm. the PMing was disabled for Bill. Mm -hmm. So you could PM other members, but you couldn't with Bill. Mm -hmm. Okay, first let me ask, what does one say to a living legend and an icon on a computer late at night? I'd go with can you juggle, but... (laughs) (laughs) I suppose I should have kept it simple and benign beyond, beyond question with something like, hi, Bill, are you there? Or just, just want to say hello, Mr. Shatner, but I didn't. I got creative. Rather, I thought to address Mr. Shatner as if I were hailing him over a communicator. I suppose referring to him merely as Shat may have struck him as perhaps me being a trifle too familiar with him. It may also not have been helpful that my message ended with, Do you read? Mr. Shatner was perturbed as his webmaster informed me later the next day. Out I am again. Quite honestly, I don't think Mr. Shatner would have answered me no matter what I had sent. And then people get into this long discussion of it wasn't really William Shatner. He has people doing this for him. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, if the uh, webmaster said Bill was perturbed by this, either people are doing it for him, pass it on to Bill, or it was Bill himself. And there's quite a discussion 
So um, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I read this and then I, I read through the comments. Um, Me too. <laughs> because I wanted, first I wanted to see if anybody said this is a disaster. This is a disaster. <laughs> and I didn't see that exact phrase, which was good. Yes. Um, it seemed that more of the people who were commenting on it were um, basically saying, uh, defending Bill and saying, uh, you know, dude, a, it might not have been Bill, and B, he probably just didn't want to talk to you. <laughs> so, you know, like whatever. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I I think people like Bill, especially people like Bill, not just your run-of-the-mill celebrity, but as this person <laughs> said. Uh, living legend. A living legend and an icon. He can pretty much treat people any way he wants to, you know? And he does. And he gets he... pissed off at something. He gets pissed off at something. And mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't have called him Shat. That's probably a little <laughs> familiar, you know? That's too familiar. And I, I think ending something with do you read could so easily be misinterpreted, especially by someone like Bill. Yes. Um, which is not to say I think it was really him at the at the other end of the computer. Maybe someone was reading it to him. Maybe mm-hmm. it was Liz reading it to him. So maybe, you know, he was there, but he wasn't actually sitting. That's at true. Computer. That's true. So, so, I mean, people like the webmaster have their own uh, – rules code of conduct about who gets kicked off and who doesn't but in the end it's what bill wants right he can do what he wants well actually as far as the bbs goes i would say the idea of if paul the admin kicked you off that you could appeal to bill yeah (laughs) that's wrong (laughs) you know bill has put this in the hands of paul and he's not going to get involved in the crap that goes on there yeah yeah you know He's an absentee father. In he that is. Case. He, I mean, it's managing. And I'm sure Paul doesn't go to him and say, "Bill, this person did such and such and such and such, and I want to kick him off. Is that okay?" Yeah, I'd say that would be a quick way to get kicked off your job. Yeah, Bill does not need to manage his fandom, and no. <laughs> that's what he pays people to do that for him. And I don't think he really cares what happens in, mm-hmm. at a ground level. And what you were just saying before, actually, about the people on. Um, the Shatner BBS feeling like, you know, oh, our, his loyal cadre of followers isn't enough for him. It's like, well, he can do whatever he wants to, you know. Mm-hmm. If he thinks he wants to get in touch with more people, then he can get in touch with more people. It's not you. It's not and personal. That, that's that's why celebrities use the social media. Yeah. And, you know, five years ago, more than that, when the BBS was set up, a lot of celebrities were doing that on their websites if they had websites. Well, now they're all tweeting and doing Facebook and everything else. And Bill tweets and, you know, he has his Facebook page. And, you know, you got to keep moving forward. Yeah. So there are some celebrities who do some of this stuff themselves, but they do it for a reason. Um People like Ricky Gervais, right? He tweets mm-hmm. and he actually tweets stuff himself. And he does it, um, he says this quite openly. It's because he wants to interact with his fans and because he also uses it as material for mm-hmm. comedy that he's writing because he gets a lot of ideas and, you know, gets to see what other people are doing. So you know it's really him and you know that you would be interacting with him. But that's not the case for most celebrities because. Their job is to be out there and be a celebrity. Like, Bill doesn't have time 
to sit in front of a computer and answer people's private messages. Right. He's, he's doing Priceline commercials and directing documentaries and making weird or what and doing commercials for cheesy lawyers in Chicago. Like he he just has eight billion things to do and the horses he doesn't have time for that. Well, and I, I would be stunned if a person of the caliber of celebrity that Bill has been for, you know, years and years and years and years felt he had any sort of obligation or need or desire to interact with the fans on a one-to-one basis. That's what we all want. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to happen. No. It's, no, it just doesn't happen, especially yes. for someone like Bill. So... I don't know what happened to this guy. I don't know who he was interacting with. It sounds like he, and I'm going to say he, because like you, I, I just get this feeling that it's a guy, mm-hmm. that, that he um, just stepped over the line. And notice that he doesn't say what was actually in the private message. Right. <laughs> I suspect it was probably something more offensive than calling him chat and signing off with, do you read? Right. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he sent Bill some sort of rant. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Or or maybe asked him for a favor or criticized something that <laughs> he had to done. Borrow money. <laughs> yeah, he has to borrow money. So I I do not believe that celebrities owe us anything, really. No. Aside from continuing to do the thing that made them celebrities in the first place mm-hmm. you know it's nice if they're good people it's that's kind of a bonus if they're decent human beings but uh i'm not going to expect it of them really no 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 not at all well let's move on to something lighter yes our etsy segment oh the etsy segment so i found some really funny stuff this week <laughs> and um Let's see, I think I'm going to take these in reverse order because the first thing that I had put on the list is actually the craziest thing. Okay. So um, here, the very very first thing, and we'll put links to all of them so you can see them, um, is another beautiful deco-type poster. Yes. Um, And it is just the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. It is in the deco style, and there's Kirk. Uh, He doesn't have a face, but that's okay. Neither does anybody else. And it reminds Mm -hmm. me very much of those sort of... um, you know, uh, the Russian uh, Revolution posters, you know, where everybody's mm-hmm. lined up and they're doing it. And it just, it's mostly gray and black, but then the colors here are the beautiful command gold, and it's just, just gorgeous. It really is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's very reasonably priced. Yeah. For something that's done as, as beautifully as that is. Mm-hmm. So this was done by a guy in the UK, and um, he prints these things out it's a 11 by 17 print and he's got other designs that he's done as well but i just thought this was a a gorgeous gorgeous thing yes so i encourage you all to go look at that and buy it if you want something like that on your wall it is beautiful yeah Um, It, it reminds me too of the um the murals in Rockefeller Center. Yes, by very Diego much so. R- Rivera. Mm-hmm. Am I getting the artist's name right? I think I am. I think that's it right. It reminds yeah. me of those. Very beautiful. Yeah. Well done. Oh, good job, Ben. Well done indeed. So here is something that I just thought was a really cool thing. Somebody took uh, 
pages of Star Trek comics. Funny. See, that we I'm were just looking at these for the first time. Okay. These are amazing. Isn't this a great craft? I mean, this is the yes. kind of thing you want to find on Etsy. Okay, so someone has taken pencils, regular number two pencils, and taken a page of a Star Trek comic book and covered the pencil with a page of the comic book and, and sealed it on. I don't think they've actually said how they do the sealing. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think these are the coolest things. So you can have your pencil and you can have little bits of Star Trek comics as you're, as you're working. Well, I like the the paragraph uh, this person has. Um, her name is Crafty Colleen. <laughs> and she says, I've always been addicted to paper. I remember as a kid having three to four pieces of very pretty cardstock saved in my room for years. As I grew, notebooks, paper, and crafts were fun, and I collected them. I never thought I was very good at traditional crafts or that I'd combine them all into this. But lo and behold, here I am, Crafty Colleen. Yeah, and awesome. I like, you know, I'm addicted to paper, and I think she has made a wonderful use of that. I think it's great. She does other kinds of um comic covered covered pencils as well but Mm -hmm. i just was attracted to the star trek ones and they're really and they're the old style trek comics that we've talked about before not the new ones so they're really very cool so yeah i like that and again those are neat reasonably priced so not too early to think about christmas (laughs) never 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 too early to think about christmas um the next thing is, I just thought this was cute. I didn't think we'd talked about it before, but I No, I really I've never it. seen this before. <laughs> so this is a patch that you can put. It's a round patch, like the kind you'd get in college or in high school. And it's got a picture of a very large animal with big pointy teeth. And it says, a Vulcan Academy fighting Salots on it. <laughs> I thought it was a grizzly bear at first until I read the thing. But, um... Yes, I thought that was just the funniest thing. And then the description says, even Vulcans must rally rally behind their sports teams, right? And the Salot is a perfect (laughs) mascot for Vulcan Academy, being both aggressive in the wild and domesticated as pets for Vulcan children. (laughs) So what do you think is the mascot for Starfleet Academy? (gasps) That's a good question. Well, it's in San Francisco. Uh... Wow. Now, it can't be something like a Horda because, you know, they don't <laughs> discover Hordas until yeah. long afterwards. So it has to be something that was yeah. in existence, you know, when Star Star Trek Starfleet Academy, when the space school was first founded. <laughs> Astronaut school, yeah. Um, I wonder, like, I wonder if by the time... Starfleet Academy is really up and running whether they have the technology to bring back extinct animals because in that case it would have to be like the California grizzly right right Uh, but you see I don't think of them picking something that's so earthbound mm, okay Um, giant space amoeba (laughs) (laughs) tribble I don't know the fighting doomsday machines (laughs) Actually, I wrote the Star Trek, the Starfleet Academy fight song. That's right. It's in one of my stories. I can't remember it now, but I don't think it had any reference to who they were cheering on. Uh, well, see, this, we'll have to throw this out to the listeners. Yes. What is the what official would, Starfleet what would Academy? would be their, their team? Yeah, the mascot. Well, I think they'd have a hard time topping fighting Salots because <laughs> that just 
made me laugh and laugh and laugh. Well, you know, but the whole idea of, of Vulcan having sports teams, I yes. imagine they have, you know, a, a math team. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I love that. I just love it. It's great. So, yeah, everybody run out and buy one. Those are awesome. <laughs> Um, okay, the next thing is very weird. Um, <laughs> I'll stay. <laughs> and I, I just, so this is a piece of art, and it's called The Transformed Man. And it's, uh, let's see, does he say what it is, person who made it? Uh, it's by someone named Devin Devereaux, which sounds like a fake name, but who knows. Um, I guess it's pencil or watercolor, maybe? Well, it's black, it's gray and white. And it says, here's the description. The captain was driving home from Las Vegas to L.A. He encounters a strange UFO in the desert, sending him telepathic messages that he would be the liaison between mankind and a higher alien intelligence. So it's William Shatner, young William Shatner, in a car, like the kind of car that you get with Monopoly, right? It's one of those (laughs) kind of cars. And coming out. But thankfully not as creepy as the kind of car you get in the game of life that's right yes and in the background is a las vegas sign and it's he's sort of in this featureless desert and then coming out of the radiator of the car (laughs) is this shadow guy who reminds me very much of the black spy in spy versus spy from mad magazine oh now you know who i was thinking it reminded me of and i think the character's name is dr doom in who killed roger rabbit rabbit Who framed Roger Rabbit. Who framed Roger Rabbit, yeah. That could be, too. Well, it's kind of creepy. It's just a a silhouette, and and it's got one hand that's sort of snaking out, and it's got a hat. Yes. And and Bill looks kind of scared. And the other thing is, from the size of the car and the size of Bill, this is Bill as that Kirk bust. Yes, Where he has no legs, where he has fins. No legs at all. But he does have pretty big biceps i gotta yes, say yes <laughs> that that is creepy it's a very very weird thing and there's no other explanation or anything Mm-mm. else on here that's just the, what it is yeah it's, it's art okay and then the last thing just cracked me up so much so it's a dollhouse miniature book about william shatner <laughs> And it's just this little teeny teeny book, and it's as got a, big as a dime. It's as big as a dime, and it's got his picture on the front, and it just says William Shatner underneath. And the description is William Shatner book that opens with printed pages, and they give you a bunch of pictures of it so you can see what it looks like. And there is a picture of it, in fact, next to a dime, so you can see. I mean, that is the weeest thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> it's life. It's only $4. And when you think of the amount of work that had to go to this, if oh. it go into this, if it has printed pages, $4 the, is a bargain. But what a thing to have. Like, all I could think about was, okay, clearly the people who run this shop make dollhouse furniture, which I know is a big deal, right? Oh, people it's People love huge. it, yeah. And you can have all kinds of things and very specialized things. Why a book about William Shatner? You know know what? It would be the perfect thing for my Star Trek Ken or Barbie to be reading. (laughs) It's the right size. It it just it cracks me up. I'm like, (laughs) it is a book about William Shatner. Etsy just really can blow your mind, can it? It's crazy. So I'm looking at the other books that they have available in their shop. 
Just to give you an idea of what these people think, I think they have a really good sense of humor. Um, there's a copy of Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is there a copy of uh, the Ibsen play, The Doll's House? <laughs> there is a copy of Omni Magazine, which I used to read voraciously. Okay. Um, you know, science fiction there. Um, let's see. There's a copy of American Home Magazine. And these are really well done. I have to say, they look like beautiful things. Um, a copy of a book called The Millionaire's Daughter. Do you know this book? Because I don't. No, no. Um, another book called Eat and Stay Slim. I've seen that book. Yep, for, for the people who live in your dollhouse so they don't get <laughs> fat. Uh, another one for children that's called My Activity Book. Yes. Um, that would be, you know, good for them playing with oh, a copy of Popular Mechanics, useful <laughs> in case they need to, you know, I don't know, fix something around their dollhouse, mm-hmm. perhaps uh, a Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake City Visitor's Guide. Wow. In case, in case you know, your little people want to take a trip. Uh-huh. Um, there's something about lapidary museum gems so they can, you know, learn more about stuff that's in the museum. Oh, my God. It's just crazy. And in the midst of all that, a book about William Shatner. These dolls are very widely read. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, what do you think Bill would think if he saw that? I think he would laugh. Do you think he would find it And then he would do a documentary about people who are into dollhouses. Dollhouses. (laughs) And it would be called Get a Doll's Life. I just, I wonder what he would think, whether he would think it was funny or crazy or... Oh, he'd uh, think it was crazy. But, the you know, Bill is intrigued by everything. Yeah, that's true. He would probably be, he would probably want to know what was written inside of it. Oh, yes. And then he would want to maybe contribute some writing toward the next edition that they were going <laughs> to put together to go in the dollhouse. Wouldn't that be a fun thing if you were into dollhouses to have this little tiny thing and have it autographed by Bill? Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. Well, Getsy, again, as we always say, is just the gift that keeps on giving. Every week I, I look for stuff and every week there's new and different things. I know. It's just stunning. But everybody, your homework for this one, for this show, is what would the Starfleet Academy mm-hmm. mascot or team name be? Yeah, we need to know these things. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised that's a question that hasn't come up before. Not just with us, but in all our interactions with other fans. And especially me for a while who was so obsessed with, you know, setting stories at Starfleet Academy and, and um, you know... Filling in the details of all that, the type of classes they took and what the rules were and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I just was Googling it while, while we were chatting, and there's a lot of discussion about it, but um, there doesn't seem to be an official answer. Hmm. People, there's, When I Google it, there's a lot of questions. What is the mascot for Starfleet Academy? It's like a lot of people talking and asking. Really? The, a lot of people Does asking Does somebody make a question. suggestion and the next person says this is a disaster? <laughs> That's it. It's disasters. <laughs> the Starfleet like disasters. disasters. Well, what, what is the mascot of... Um, like West Point, you know, with, you know, they, they always say it's Army versus Navy or whatever, right. but do they have? 
They do. In fact, I'm looking on the Trek BBS where this question was raised, and someone points out that West Point has a mule as their mascot. Oh, that's right. And Annapolis has goats. Goats? I would think, I don't know, porpoises or something. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so someone else contributes. Um, the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas, a T-shirt that shows a phoenix bird in a cartoon caricature named Zeph. Um, Z-E-P-H, like Zeph from Cochrane. Mm-hmm. And the team is referred to as the Fighting Zephs. Oh, that's awful. So, but speaking of Zeph, mm-hmm. I meant to bring this up. I want to get back to red shirts just briefly. Because after you and I discussed it on the show, we actually had a little more discussion um, about it and that we think that character who had nothing to do was possibly setting up a sequel. Yes. But also, uh, when we were talking about Lieutenant Kerensky, this incredibly (laughs) handsome guy who gets beat up or near killed or gets a fatal disease that they cure at the last minute in every single, every week, as Mm -hmm. far as these guys are concerned, in their reality, I picture... As him, the actor who played Zephram Cockrum in Metamorphosis. Because <laughs> he's this really good-looking guy who is absolutely, as far as I'm concerned, an empty vessel. Mm-hmm. You know, he, has, he really has no character, no personality. Nothing comes across. He's just good-looking. Yep, pretty much. And that's who I would cast as Lieutenant Kerensky if that guy was still, you know, like 25 to 30 years old. Yeah. I think that's I think that's right. Yeah. Because I, it really he's this really good-looking bland guy. Yeah. <laughs> because his role in red shirts is to be really good-looking like, and to suffer. Yep. Um you know what, what one of the really interesting twists about that book was that um the actor who played Kerensky was far more interesting than Kerensky himself. Yes. That he had all this like weird stuff going on in his personal life and getting mm-hmm. thrown out of bars and pictures taken and yes. being gawker and stuff. He was really sort of like Lindsay Lohan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was awesome. Yep. Oh, very good. Well, we'll have to give some thought to that and see mm-hmm. if we can figure out... Um, what they that wouldn't mascot be the might fighting be. red shirts. Fighting. <laughs> that would but be they don't, a bad idea. But they don't fight. That's the problem. <laughs> they just get killed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I think we've about done it for tonight. I think so. We've covered a lot of stuff. Okay. Well, it's only about a month, right? Yeah. Until our tour. That's right. So there'll be at least one more show mm-hmm. before the Midwest tour. Yep. So let us know um, what you think and what you want us to do. And if you're going to be in Minneapolis, uh, definitely let us know. We would love to see you at the bowling alley <laughs> to see the Star Trek William Shatner show, you know. And chances are that after we get done seeing the show, interviewing the cast... Doing all the things that we need to do, we're probably going to get drunk. Yes, and I would love if we got drunk with the cast. Yes. Oh, that would be pretty awesome. Yes. I, I just cannot wait to talk to the woman who plays Kirk, Wendy <laughs> Bowlesby, because A, I love her name, and B, I love the way she looks dressed as Kirk. Yes, and, and she will be the second person we have, second woman we have met who plays Kirk. Yeah, I think that's going to be great. Yep. 
Okay, well, live long in potluck and be, maybe they're the fighting potlucks. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Night, night. Thank you.